Hello and welcome back to the Sonic Collective at thesoniccollective.com. It's been a while. Uh, We kind of took the summer off, not maybe on purpose, but hey, summer vacations and stuff sometimes get in the way. Uh, But I am joined today by Sonic Collective member Scott Coates, all the way from Thailand. Howdy. And Alan Dupuy uh, here with me in Calgary. Hello. Yeah, and uh, member Scott Gregory was unable to join us tonight to record, but he is going to add his commentary right at the end of our uh, our blog here today. It's blog, it's not blog. Yeah, whatever podcast, you know. Hey, whatever it works. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's dive right into it. So we're going actually way back. This was uh, my pick for July. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, Yeah, we're going way back. So to July, and I picked The Mothers of Invention, which was led by Frank Zappa, really. He was one of the first bands. Uh, And the album is called Freak Out. Um, I kind of picked this because I didn't know jack shit about uh, Frank Zappa. And, I mean, I always knew he was weird and did some crazy music and, you know, maybe heard a few songs. And But he always seemed so influential that I thought, well, that's kind of our thing, so maybe I should go back and find one of his early albums that's considered influential and this one kind of came across i had never really heard of this album to be honest before i I picked it um i just heard a little bit about it but this album came out in june of 1966 um and yeah it was really known as kind of and it's funny even before i read up about it i I thought man this is like the anti-pop you know realize 1966 like California Dreamin' was the number where the Mamas and the Papas was number one and the last train to Clarksville by the Monkees and Reach Out, I'll Be There, Four Tops. Like, this is the music that was out the same year. And so uh, here we come with Frank Zappa. He's just like, just goes wacko goofballs. And it really was known as a bit of a, I guess, a concept album. Uh, and it was the first, it was a double album. It was, it was the first debut double album ever, which I didn't know that I found that out. Um, yeah, they were double albums were pretty rare back then. And anyway, so it does run a little long actually. Oh yeah. It's like, it's uh, 60 minutes, 55 seconds. So it is a long one and it is interesting. And you know, it's so interesting that maybe I'll even save my opinion and uh, fire it off to uh, Scott Coates. And let, let me know what you thought of this uh, Susie cream cheese. Oh, did we lose you, Scott? All right. Well, maybe Scott had to go somewhere. Alan, are you there? Yeah, hey? I okay. am here. Oh, yeah. Okay, Scott's back. All right, you're back. Sorry, guys. Yeah, um, that's okay. I just threw it to you. You know, you just mentioned something, Darren, that I I think I'm always going on about album length. But I, I looked, and I'm like, man, over an hour, that's a really long album for that time uh, time in the world. But now that you mentioned it's a double album, that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I got to say, man, this one is weird. I think I needed to <laughs> eat some acid or something before this. Um, yes. Like it did came up in 66. So like something like go cry on someone else's shoulder seemed like a real throwback to the fifties, like something my mom would almost listen to, yeah. which was strangely normal and therefore out of place on this album. Like, and then you get to something like motherly love, like that's some good kazoo play. There's not enough kazoo. Yeah. There's not enough kazoo in music. I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> And then, you know, Trouble Every Day reminded me of that singer Rodriguez. If you've ever seen Shooting for Sugarman, like, I was like, this could be a Rodriguez song. And then it got to stuff like Help, I'm a Rock. And I just started laughing. I'm like, what is this? Like, Help. That was written for Elvis, apparently. Yeah, yeah. 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 Crazy. And then, you know, something like it can't happen here. Like I'm surprised they even got this on vinyl. Right. Uh, I, I don't know what it's about. So it's just such, <laughs> it, it's such a weird record. Like 
with that diversity I just summed up there from like a 50 sweetheart kind of song to like the kazoo and that Rodriguez like song and then help on Barack. Like, I don't even know who they were targeting this at. Like, I'm not sure who would have dug or grooved on this to use language from the day. Cause like, there's the odd song that I think almost anyone would have liked, but as a package, like bizarroville. So I, I gotta say, like, I've probably listened to it three to four times not something that's going to make itself into my regular rotation. I'm, no. I'm not so sure I learned a lot about Frank Zappa, except for, I mean, if this guy was trying to like cover the musical spectrum to get people interested, he, he accomplished that. But as a cohesive unit, like, yeah, I don't know, man, I, I, this one's lost on me. Yeah. And it's funny. And uh, like in my research, I turned up a few things and it really was me- meant to be satirical. And they purposely made each single track targeted to a different demographic wow. on purpose. There you go. So that's what, that's why that's why it is like that. So it's true. They, they even said like "Wowie Zowie" was like targeted at six year olds, whereas you know uh, <laughs> what's a hit on the shoulder. So what's that one uh, was targeted at eighty year olds. That's so it was so like funny. it was designed that way. Like Frank Zappa is an interesting man. He was literally trying to like really disrupt the music scene at the time, which definitely he did. So you're saying that yeah. I'm not full of hot air, that actually I've maybe learned this something was, through years of yeah. this music club and I picked that out. God damn. Yeah, you actually got the whole point of the album. It was meant to be for all this. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't know that either, right? I just, you know, do my little research, especially when it's my children. Like, it, it, it is a little bit different. Alan, what do you think? Well, it, uh, it makes the notes I took make more sense that way. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Scott and I kind of actually are on the same page, I think, for a lot of this. Um, my first initial thought was kind of like how many drugs were done during the making of this <laughs> you know yeah a lot it's like a doo-wop meets psychedelic meets folk rock like i really don't know how to place it on the musical spectrum and every every track is yeah. kind of different um but i didn't like i think i actually enjoyed it listening to the whole thing through um and i think if i ever find myself doing an acid trip i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe try <laughs> listening to it just to see what it's like because um, <laughs> I, I mean, you guys have experimented with your psyche, I'm sure. And music sounds different if you're, if you're stoned or whatever. So I don't know. Um, a yeah, yeah. couple of tracks that stood out to me that I, I really liked motherly love mostly cause it's catchy and has that sort of conventional pop sensibility, probably more so than any other track on the album. And the could the kazoo thing <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely noticed that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but I liked that song. And then I think my favorite song actually was one uh, called You're Probably Wondering Why I Hear. And that one I really picked up on the uh, the satire yeah. and sort of more of a social commentary, I think, probably from Zappa's perspective or the band's perspective. Again, lots of uh, unorthodox mm-hmm. instruments. Like I think there was a glockenspiel in there. And, and again, the kazoo kind of made it its, its appearance. And the notes I had here were like lyrics seem like they were written for a child. So what you said about them targeting different yeah. demographics actually yeah. kind of makes sense. And then again, help. I'm a rock. That song Scott mentioned earlier. Um, I feel like a lot of drugs were consumed while they came up with that one. Did you guys, what did you guys think of that last track? That return of the son of monster magnet, because 
Yeah, that uh, whole thing was like it sounded weird. like basically just twelve minutes of drug fueled noise, and it kind of gave me an overall sense of unease. So I thought it was kind of a weird way to end an album, especially if they were trying to go with like I don't know. I I didn't put on the the randomizer for this. I just kind of went from the first track to the last track all the way through every time I listen. Cause I yeah. think back in the day, that's how these albums were meant to be consumed. And, uh, I just felt like that was a really strange way to, uh, to close out an album. But yeah, overall, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually hate it as much as I kind of, I wasn't sure what to expect. Cause like you guys, I only knew Frank Zappa for yeah. being a weird character and I had never heard any of his music. So, yeah. um, I mean, it didn't necessarily influence my taste in the sense of me wanting to go and, <laughs> and listen to any more of it, but um, certainly interesting. And I, again, I'll, maybe I'll listen to it if I ever find myself doing an acid trip or, you know. Yeah, yeah well, it's, fu- it's funny you're, you keep mentioning acid, but during the uh, actually production of it and the recording of it, Tom Wilson was a producer on from their label. And, that, and it says, and I found this quote here, Zappa later found out that Matur was quoted, he was on LSD. And so Zappa has this quote, I've tried to imagine what Wilson must have been thinking, sitting in that control room, control room listening to all this weird shit come out of the speakers and being responsible for telling the engineer who was not on acid what to do. Like, so no wonder it came out. Like, literally, this thing was made on an LSD trip. Like, like it's yeah completely crazy and they, it was i mean it was all like kind of the local la scene and all these psychedelics and then there's another story that he had this plan he's like midnight on friday when we're recording and he rented something like five thousand dollars worth of percu- percussion instruments and all this weird stuff and he just went out down the la strip and got like all these drugged out people and brought them back to the studio and said just play <laughs> and like that's i think that's part of that last song you're talking about like so like they just had all this crazy shit like like he definitely was just trying to like make a statement more than anything. Like, yeah. Uh, that, apparently the Beatles praised it, but then he bashed the Beatles for saying they were too commercial. <laughs> so yeah. Like, and it was like super influential. It's, it's, you know, it was number two forty three on the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. And I think it's just anything, just something that went against the grain in the era that it was in and really kind of made people take notice, right? Like just something so different that, you know, kind of pivot the music industry a bit, or at least influence others to be like, okay, I don't have to just play like, you know, rest, put your head on my shoulder, another Frank Sinatra tune. I can play something different. Yeah. Like I'm sure it was, you know, frowned upon at the time, but yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy one. It's a crazy ride. I, I, yeah. And I think we were all in the same boat. It sounds like, like none of us really knew who Frank Zappa was. And so I, I don't, yeah, I agree. I'd watched this documentary on him on Netflix. I forget what it's called, but it's actually pretty interesting, but um, he has an interesting life and he didn't realize he was like a classically trained composer and, you know, really, uh, you know, I think a genius in many ways, but just decided to uh, use drugs to, uh, I believe it. Get that out <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Cool. Well, let, let's get to some scores. So, I mean, we have uh, influence, uh, recommend, and yeah. overall. Uh, I think my overall overall from. score, um, just purely based on how unique and weird and kind of fun it was, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, I mean, it's it's a pretty bonkers album, so I would recommend everyone at least listens to it once. So, probably four out of five stars on that one. Just. I think it, it is like a good snapshot into what was happening at, in, in that scene at that time. 
and he sort of represents that counterculture movement. So uh, it, it was cool. That being said, it didn't really influence yeah. my taste in the sense that I'm going to go back and listen to more uh, Frank Zappa, Mothers of Invention stuff. But, you know, all things considered, worth uh, worth a listen, especially if you are an individual who likes to experiment with your psyche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get too high on this one. <laughs> Scott yeah, um, glad I listened to it. Like, again, like new of Frank Zappa. I've heard a couple of his songs. There's always one. I don't know what it's called, but the lyric is ram it, ram it, ram it up your poop, shoot up the cornhole that I heard like <laughs> yep. 25, 30. That came later. That was way and that just stuck in my head. Another yeah. thing that's funny is there's some trails, mountain bike trails at Whistler and it's called Lost Lake area. And all the trails are named after Zappa songs. Like, so I've ridden Pinocchio's furniture, toads of the short forest and so forth up at this Whistler. So he's been on my mind. Um, I got to say overall, probably a two that's maybe unfair because he was deliberately trying to do something so different, but I'm just thinking from my personal thing, like I'm not going to listen to this again. Influence probably doesn't, didn't create a lot more curiosity for him. Recommend, like I'll throw a 3.5 at that because again, like just time period and him and yeah, it's man, that's a mind bender, but yeah, pretty odd one. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I came in similar. I kind of actually went three and a halfs across the board. And I think even more of the influence. I, I did that more to give it the credit as an influential album. But I agree. I, it didn't influence me. I didn't really know it existed. I, I, I didn't really get into the psychedelic movements or anything like that or these albums when I was younger. But uh, I, I think it is worth it. It's like sometimes we review stuff. It's almost more historical. You got to go back and just like understand this piece of history but you know it might not be your thing because it's pretty out Mm -hmm. there you definitely probably want to be high (laughs) Uh, yeah so i was like yeah three and a half across the board on this one so it was interesting i I, like yeah i don't know maybe i'll dig into his greatest hits and (laughs) and see see some more stuff but uh yeah it, it was pretty out there uh any uh closing statements on this one before we let scott gregory kind of tack on to the end here oh, it's far out man yeah <laughs> yeah far out it's definitely interesting all right gang well we'll wrap up this one so stay tuned scott gregory is going to share his thoughts right now as soon as we wrap up but uh thank you for joining uh scott uh allen and myself darren scott and uh we will uh be back uh shortly with the next review and on to the next month which is allen's pick all right well here's scott gregory for now signing off for the sonic collective at the sonic collective.com Hey everybody, Scott G with Sonic Collective here. Uh, catching up with everyone else, I was not able to record on the weekend, so you've probably already listened to their reviews. I have not. I'm really curious to see what they have to say, and I'm just really going to quickly bang through my notes on these uh, for you, starting with the Mothers of Invention, Freak Out. Uh, overall, I'm a Freak Zappa fan, can I say that? Uh, anything I heard from him before I thought was new and interesting. I particularly like Cheek Your Booty, the 79 album, like Bobby Brown Goes Down and Jewish Princess. Uh, those songs stuck with me. So this was an interesting take for me. Apparently it was a double-sided concept album, which fit at 15 tracks, that's like a typical album today. So that was one thing that kind of stood out to me. Uh, and side four, Return of the Sun was some funky fun I think that was the highlight for me. But overall, uh, I found this to be so 60s. There were xylophones and there were drums that were tracking the vocals all the time. So there was like this statico drum going on behind Zappa's 
singing, and lots and lots of horns. So many horns. All of the horns. Uh, going through the songs one by one, the ones that stuck out to me. Uh, Hungry Freaks, Daddy. Uh, I used to dream of more mainstream incorporation of the xylophone and more kazoo. But never did I think I could get both xylophone and kazoo on the same track. I ain't got no heart. Once again, that whole rat-a-tat-tat drum along with the vocals. I've never been a fan of it. And how could I be such a fool? You didn't try to call me. Um, Both of these tracks sounded normal. Did they sneak in? Was there a sober moment when they were producing the album when no one noticed that these got on there? Uh, anyway, the wind blows. Anytime I hear that sentence, I immediately think of Queen. Uh, they even say it don't matter to me. Um, the song kind of seemed normal too. I guess that's almost half the album. Um, it can't happen here. This song tested my sanity. I will not re-listen to it. I honestly think if you're a, a comic book fan like I am, I think this is the Omega equation. It's on this album. Uh, so yeah. My favorite tracks, Go Cry on Somebody Else's Shoulder. It was a great send-up of old doo-wop-type sad songs. Those have always appealed to me. Motherly Love, Kazoo and Xylophone. It was exactly what I was looking for. There was also thrumming bass and guitar, which you guys know I'm a big fan of. Uh, And uh, I just enjoyed the message of the song. Yeah. Trouble every day. Uh, No way to delay that trouble coming every day. I feel that. I feel that's my life. The uh, guitar and bass interplay, again, uh, I thought was good on this album and on this song in particular. There was some harmonica that appeals to me. Tom Petty is my other favorite harmonica person. Uh, yeah, it's six minutes. Seems a little long, but you, you don't even really notice it. That's pretty much my thoughts on Mothers of Invention. I give it three and a half out of five. Uh, you should definitely consider listening to it. Frank Zappa is his own beast in the music world. Once again, Sheik Your Booty, the 79 album by him, I think, is probably my favorite. But this is super early into his career, so I would highly recommend starting with this one. Well, I'm about to get sick I'm watching my TV Checking out the news Until my eyeballs fail to see I mean to say that every day There's just another rotten mess And when it's gonna change my friend Is anybody's guess So I'm watching and I'm waiting Hoping for the best Even think I go to pray Every time I hear them saying That there's no way to delay That trouble coming every day No way to delay That trouble coming every day 